now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today on Westwood One to the Steve Day Show podcast. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. It's a buy, sell, or hold Wednesday. We're going to touch on a plethora of topics uh, in just a few moments. But of course, our show is powered by CRTV. They make this podcast free for you, the people, each day by underwriting it, making it worth our while to come in and do it. And one of the reasons they do so is because they're also very proud of the programming we produce each day at CRTV uh, for you as a television product. And and we've got the great one, Mark Levin, Stephen Crowder, Michelle Malkin, uh, Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame. You have us as well. And if you use my name as a promo code, you can subscribe right now for just a quarter a day. You'll get all that content for just a quarter a day. And if folks do subscribe today, Todd, and get a chance to watch the show we do on CRTV today, give them a preview of what's to come. Well, Rachel Maddow loves babies so much that she was driven to tears thinking about them right before ratifying what she's always believed, that it's okay to kill them in the womb. I sense a little cynicism. I'm just going to leave it at a little cynicism because I've, if I open up the can of worms on a lot of cynicism, Steve, watch out. I, I've got like zero tolerance, as I know you do. For, I, I can't even, Steve. I can't even for that piece of garbage. I, I, I can't even most days on multiple fronts, actually. Aaron. Uh, Daniel Horowitz has this really bad habit of answering questions you were afraid to ask <laughs> without you actually asking him. Uh, and we witnessed that today. I mean, this is his wheelhouse. Immigration is his wheelhouse. It's what he's basically dedicated his life over the last at least few years um, to covering. And when we see... He was, he was actually, in, in some ways... He was a little bit optimistic. I don't know if you guys picked up on that a little bit. A As little? A, uh, for, by Daniel's Daniel He was standards. doing zippity-doo-dah no, by yeah. Daniel's this standards. Was, yeah, this was David <laughs> dancing through the streets of uh, yes. Jerusalem uh, for Daniel's standards. But, um, it, yeah, it, he was actually optimistic, and it's for, I mean, it's for what Todd always says, whoever's dumbest last loses. And right now, if Twitter is any, any indication, Todd and Steve... Uh, we know who's being or who's who's headed for being dumbest last. And just as an aside, I don't mean to, to dominate the conversation. No, for sure. As the Todd, as the Pope of whoever's dumbest last loses, is it possible for both sides of an issue to be simultaneously dumb last? Is it possible for a tie to occur? I'm counting on it. It's <laughs> okay. the only answer. That what does that look sufficed. like? Well, what happens is you sack the quarterback, but he gets the ball off. Um, you then drop the interception, and then on the deflection, your receiver doesn't catch it. All right, And so no one makes a play, and the ball just gets batted around into perpetuity. Nothing happens. 
You've got it. Yeah, you've got it. Uh, but I, I agree with Daniel's analysis, which is why I keep saying, and I, I did honor my word, I did text my buddy, I've got a couple of them, but I text my best buddy in the White House. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll share with you, I won't tell you who it is, I will share with you what I wrote to him, okay? From one friend to another, if Trump signs amnesty into law, the chances you guys will be dogged down by impeachment in a Democratic House all next year will soar. And they will subpoena Everything. Everything. They're not ballless like most Republicans, more like merciless. That's what I sent to him. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased. I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'm pleased. Now, what's happening on the other end is the Democrats are showing you it's open borders or nothing. There, there will be no compromise because they, they, they never wanted one on anything anyway. They, because of, because they, they, they have, they believe their own press clippings too much. And we've talked about this in the context of Trump before. They've never had someone that will demagogue the way they will, be as feckless as they will. And while I'm, as a believer, I'm often uncomfortable with Trump's willingness to go there. As a political observer, I find it fascinating theater. Someone is willing to play their game with them. And he's better at it than they are. And he has a bigger bully pulpit than they do in the presidency. And they're used to... See, I I don't believe we have to fight like the Dems to beat the Dems. I don't believe that. I represent a worldview that has taken names and and brought down despots and dictators and shibboleths of the damned for 2000 years without having to stoop to the standard of the world and when it tried to do those things by stooping to the standard of the world did its worst work in the history of the church at those moments and we know those times in history so i, I don't i think that's a false choice i don't, I don't think i have to if you can't beat them join them i don't believe that at all i think christian worldview stands apart is set apart. Maybe I'll use that phrase. How about that? Is set apart from that paradigm. And has shown it has a transformational power driving it that it doesn't require the tools of this world to be successful. And it's often at its most successful when it's cut off from access to them. And is forced in a way, almost forced in a way, to reliance on that transformational power. But... As a political observer, I find it fascinating to see someone willing to do to the other side what they have done to their own benefit for decades. And they're not used to it. And you can tell. Because they're used to just certain tactics always automatically work. And see, what happened is the Democrats thought these things automatically worked under the belief that they were winning the argument. They were working because most of the Republicans you elected agreed with the Democrats and not you. And so the Democrats were just being, were just pressuring him and they're doing either A, what they wanted to do all along anyway, or B, giving them an excuse to not defend what they didn't believe anyway. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They offered him a way out. And then they got the best of both worlds and then they could blame the Democrats for doing what they kind of wanted to do anyway. The Democrats have really never had to. The left's really never had to stand in the arena. We go, it's like the end of Rocky Three, 
when Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa get together to settle the score once and for all. And Apollo looks at them and says, they start circling the ring, ding, ding, and it's on. They've never had someone who would punch back. George W. Bush just sat there and took it to the detriment of his own presidency. Let the entire Iraq war be undermined. The same Democrats and media that are out there applauding Laura Bush right now for her comments about Trump's immigration policy were calling her husband a Nazi for what he supposedly did to Iraqi children not a decade ago. You remember those days, Todd. I do. That's what they're used to. Listen, you're going to win a lot of fights. What's the old Ted Cruz line? You lose 100% of the fights you don't fight, right? You're going to win a lot of fights when the other side doesn't hit back. You're going to win a lot of those. Like maybe every one, mind you. Probably going to win every single one of them. But this is a horse of a different color. Or Since we're talking about Democrats, this is a jackass of a different color. This is someone who is not comfortable having a high-minded, intellectual, ideological discussion, who frankly doesn't have the depth and breadth of worldview to do so to begin with, even if he did. This is someone who would rather just demagoguery brawl. This is Rocky and Apollo at the end, and there's no crowd. Well, there is in this fight, but this isn't for a spectacle. This is just, we like this, and we need to see who was best. Trump just likes this. I texted my buddy who's close to the many people who's close to many people in the White House, another buddy of mine, who assured me last week Trump would not sell us out on amnesty, and now last night was not so sure. I, I said I said to him, listen, the guy loves attention more than anything else. Could he just want an impeachment trial? Nothing puts him more at the center of attention than that, right? Yeah, that's possible. And my buddy and, and my buddy just texted me back a, a smiley emojo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen last night as I was watching America's Got Talent with the kids. That actually went down. I just threw that out there. I didn't actually believe it. Things, things like, well, yeah, I think that's possible. <laughs> okay. Totally. All right. So they've not had someone, albeit not always for the right reasons and not always in a way that we are comfortable with, but they've not had someone pick up something and say, let's see what happens if I hit you with this. Why not? Tuesday, I'm bored, and I don't want to meet with the Organization of American States again. I want to hammer fake news CNN. Let's just do that instead. Okay, They're not used to something that hits back. They've never had their tactics. have never. And I have some experience with this. When I was on MSNBC 30 times during the 2012 election, and the reason I agreed to do it so many times was, A, I needed the exposure. I was brand new in national media. But two, intellectually, I wanted to know, can I stand up to scrutiny from the other side? Their arguments could not be as vapid as I, I didn't, they, it could not be this shallow. I, I didn't want to create a straw man in my mind, right? It's that shallow, actually. It's, it's actually that vapid. Yeah, there, there's no substance there. there. There's none. In fact, I often found I could make their arguments for them better than they could, actually. Because they actually are even making leftist arguments, not from a leftist ideological premise. It's just pure emotion, because I want to, because I don't like you, because you're a Nazi, because you're a racist, because I desire that, because it's not fair, right? I mean, this, these, this isn't Antonio Gramsci, guys. Like, we could sit down in an Italian prison, because we'd both, we'd both be in prison. Mussolini put us both in prisons. 
He had the Christians and the communists in prisons, okay? We could share, share a cell with Antonio Gramsci in, in Italy in 1936. And sit down and listen and go back and forth, smoke a peace pipe or two, think he is completely full of poop. But find his intellect impressive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this guy's really thought things through. Like, his entire view of the world's pagan and wrong. But, damn, I'm impressed. This guy's got deep thoughts, big ideas. He's got a plan. He's, this, is, this is a worldview that's fully developed, albeit it's the worldview of, the, of, of, of Reds. But it's, he's thought this stuff through. This isn't, you know, ridiculousness. It's just wrong. Bad. But he's serious. These guys aren't serious. You mean like the gal on the show today on Fox show yes. with Pete Hegseth when he yes. called it? She yeah. said, I want it to be like Europe. I, oh, gee. Which part? The floundering economies, the right. ro- the roving gang of Islamic we're rapists. Only, we're only the, two nations in the entire EU are even remotely financially solvent. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, they say this stuff out loud, yeah. man. I know, I know. It's, it's not, like a back. It's like some twenty-two-year-old backpacker just going through Europe. That's what they think it is. They they just have that feeling about. Oh, it's just nice to go from border to border and, yep. eat, and eat all the nice food. Yep. They, there's no depth. I hate to say this, but I'm just telling you, because I've done as much time with the liberal media as almost anybody in our industry has. And I, I don't talk, I talk about like being on their shows, exchanging ideas. You're right. There's no there there. They, they, in the early 90s, they introduced political correctness so they wouldn't have to have any arguments. If it disagreed with me, you're, you're a racist, misogynist, and homophobic bigot. Those terms are replaced by Nazi and Hitler now. You're literally Hitler every time you disagree. Okay? And so they set it up that they never had to risk losing a fight by saying you weren't worthy of having one with you. Well, now that you've got a guy who, if he, is, if he likes anything, it's the fight, often just for the sake of the fight itself. So now they've, they're up against an opponent who, sw- who hits back. Who swings back and is just shameless, shameless. Donald Trump, in some respects, is like the great rant Donald Pleasance has about Michael Myers in the first Hall of Fame or first Halloween movie. Uh, he cannot be stopped. He cannot be contained. He cannot be killed. I mean, that's kind of go book. You should. You, ever, you have no idea what I'm talking about, Aaron? Do you? Yeah, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. You should go on YouTube and Google Donald Pleasance, Michael Myers, uh, and get the clip. <laughs> okay. it, the, he just goes on this very, and he's very sullen in his Donald Pleasance, you know, British accent. He cannot be contained. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be killed. He's soulless. There's no remorse. He has no empathy. <laughs> it's just, that's Trump. There's no character. No integrity. No remorse, no empathy. He just doesn't care. Uh, he's rubber, you're glue. Everything you say about him bounces off of him and sticks to you. That's what he is. They don't know how to handle this. They're used to a Republican in the White House hearing what, what they say on the CNN primetime lineup and then, coming, and then having a press conference the next day to do everything he can to get to the left of the Democrats so that the media knows he's really not a bad guy. Trump's instinct is to call Fox and friends and say, hey, I really need you guys to fluff me all the more tomorrow. I'll be on in the White House lawn at 3 a.m. or 6 a.m. Right? I mean, it's the same game plan. It is the exact same game plan. Just run against them. That's all. And they don't know what to do. And it's fascinating, although it makes my... It makes that still small voice in the back of my head, that Holy Spirit prompting, uncomfortable many days. From a spectator sports standpoint, it is fascinating to watch this. 
and it has forced them to come unglued and to become more honest about what they really are and what they really believe. And they are forcing themselves even further and further and further out of the mainstream. And you're seeing it right now this week. The Republicans were so inept. And then when Ted Cruz offered them a lifeline, half of them didn't want to sign on because they hate Ted Cruz even more than the Democrats. And so we're like in day three since Ted Cruz introduced his separation bill. And now there's like five, there's this bill over here and they have this bill. The Republicans are just totally inept. But by virtue of not doing anything, <laughs> they also didn't, they also couldn't fix the problem, but they were, they were planning on selling you out on amnesty. That was the plan all last week. And so since this whole thing blew up, the Republicans are sewing up their paralyzed. They, they can't fix the situation and they can't do it. They can't sell you out, which is what they really wanted to do. And so by vir- this, is, this is what happens every time. By virtue of just standing there and doing nothing and letting the Democrats essentially per- uh, uh, do a 21st century impersonation of Nikolai Volkov singing the Soviet national anthem before WrestleMania 4 with the Iron Sheik <laughs> next to him. It's working. It is absolutely working. Yes. <laughs> is that not, tell me that is not the most accurate assessment of what's happened in the last week you've heard. And it makes absolutely was, no sense. I was, uh, on Sunday, I was uh, slightly, as apoplectic as I can get about anything political on the weekend, I was concerned, how the heck are we losing the rhetoric battle on this issue? How do you screw this up? Because it seemed like that was what was happening. Yep. And now we're on Wednesday and the Democrats, again, the left, I should say the left, have completely, and the, I guess it is the Democrats too, have completely lit themselves on fire. Yes, they have. And you know why? Because all your life, Aaron, you've lived under the dynamic that I just described yep. that previously. By now, Republicans would have gone to the left of Democrats by now. They would have gone to the left. They would have gone to the left by now. But they're so inept. Trump is so shameless that for once the corruption of government appears to be working in our favor. I'm not comfortable with that. (laughs) Morally, it just gives me, it makes, it's like when I watched Hereditary, it didn't scare me. It unsettled me. I knew this. I knew this was wrong. What I had just watched, right? I just spiritually gave me the heebie-jeebies, you know. But I found it wildly entertaining at the exact same time. That's a that's a pretty good snapshot of what watching this transpire is. I'm really not comfortable with the demagoguery. I really I can't really align myself with it. I don't like rolling that way. On the other hand, though, if somebody else wants to do this, I'm fascinated watching it watching it go down there's one guy on our facebook wall i thought put it perfectly late last week he said you know i didn't vote for trump and he this was in response to the ig report with all the corruption and everything he goes i didn't vote for trump but the fact these guys were this inept and this corrupt and they still couldn't beat him makes me laugh yeah indeed yes yes that's it right there yep all right, so CRTV.com, promo code DACE. If you want to subscribe, just a quarter a day is all it will cost. And with that, we get to buy, sell, or hold. Each week, Aaron comes up with some of his own, and then you come up with some for him. Propositions on various topics. Todd and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Hopefully, we have at least one good reason why that might be the case. Once a week, we are provided a hold, but it's such a gutless move. It's such a punk move that you can only invoke a hold if it's an extreme circumstance 
or the proposition is just so lame it doesn't merit consideration beyond that, you will receive nine scourgings according to, and you will be separated from your parents according to the dude code. All right, there you go. All right, we'll start off with Jeremy Frankel from the Daily Wire this week. Peter Strzok gets hired by CNN. <laughs> Total pie. Oh, it's so it's going to be one of those weeks, yeah, right? Total pie. Right from the start, I can see where this is going. Bye. Uh, Katie Petrick says, uh, this is mostly for Todd, Brewers go into the All-Star break uh, top the a- NL Central, uh, Central, being at least two games up on the Cubs before the break. There are 25 games for the Brewers and 23 games for the Cubs. Double down, the Brewers will have the best record in the National League going into the break. So that was like a three-parter right there. I'll buy it all. Okay. I'll buy it all. <laughs> I just want to say as the guy that had the Brewers in the playoffs in my preseason MLB predictions, I'll buy all righty, Constantino Sorditis says... There it is. Yep, uh, three, uh, three... Take a drink, in. America. Yep. <laughs> Corey Booker will award Rachel Maddow this year's Tears of Rage Award recipient for her Sorry for Them outstanding performance in Virtue Signaling and Utter Hysteria. Uh, somebody replied to Constantino's, and it looks like that tweet has been deleted, but uh, she said that hysteria is misogynistic. Do you buy... First, we'll say... Do you buy that the notion that hysteria is misogynistic? No. Okay, good. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know what world she's one hell of a in. Def Leppard album, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. from where I come from. Yeah. And the uh, second one, Cory Booker awards Rachel Maddow the Tears of Rage Award. I, I'll buy that as well. I want to buy it, so I will. Yes. I'm just going to take a page out of her progressive leftist friends. I have no, no actual reasoning for why I'm buying this. I just want it to be true, so I'll buy. Yep. Uh, Jacob Hibbard says, within the next five years, a Christian church will be sued for not performing a same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage. Bye. Totally bye. With how long period? Uh, within the next five years. Oh, I'm going to sell. the next five minutes? Uh, six yeah, months at the most, yes. Uh, let's see. Rocco says, the massive outcry and the many lies being told about the immigration crisis by the leftists and media is going to go just like the Parkland outcry lies and will blow up in their faces, boosting support for Republicans in November. Bye right now. Buy right now with the caveat. And when I hear Daniel Horowitz, who three months ago thought they might lose, the Republicans might lose 70 seats, watching what's going on right now and saying the Democrats are blowing this right now. They're lighting themselves on fire right now. That's what he said on CRTV today. That gives that definitely, I take notice of that. Okay. As long as Republicans do not actively betray their base. And Trump signs amnesty in the law, which I would have told you 48 hours ago. I thought there was a high likelihood that could happen. But now I'm not so sure. Democrats have maybe cray-crayed this thing so much that they've, they have cornered the Republicans and actually being Republicans for the time being. As long as that dynamic continues, I buy that. Absolutely. Because we're having an argument about the number one most radioactive driving issue for the Republican base right now is immigration. Right now it is. So having the argument is good for the Republicans, just having it, because it's their issue. Provided they don't affirmatively, actively betray their base with a mass amnesty. And then I think November's a formality if that happens. I totally agree with you what you just said about having the argument. It makes, now, the likeliest scenario is, yes, the, Dem- the Republicans want amnesty, uh, and they just have to be more careful about how they get there. But because it is so compelling that just having the argument is a winner for them, uh, this isn't three- or four-dimensional chess. But 
no, knowing that they can, if they know that Donald Trump is a veto, meandering about, keeping this out there, knowing it's not going to go anywhere, e- even if their ideas about it are squishy, this is um, this is a sign that perhaps they actually are interested in winning. Perhaps. Perhaps. I, I think what's more likely is Democrats feel as if they need to win the way they want to win. Well, that, yeah, that's true. And, and they are, therefore forcing, and they're forcing a battlefront that is not to their favor because what I, we were just talking about a few minutes ago, they're just, they have been permitted to live in a bubble where what airs on MSNBC at night or in the New York Times op-ed page determines is, is determines the argument for America, even most even though most Americans didn't agree with it and or never saw it. But since the Republicans believe that right along with them, they were permitted to believe their own feces doesn't stink. They the Democrats have been permitted to use a crude expression that will drive the point home. They have been permitted a, a circular self pleasuring mechanism for decades. And what's happening now is their Overton window that was their own fantasy land echo chamber is being blown up. And they are struggling to adjust their tactics accordingly. All right. Uh, Gorilla Channel says Steve will lose his mind, all his friends, and only be able to book appearances on the hashtag Gorilla Channel after the 2020 election. Well, you I, remember- I, I kind of think the Gorilla Channel might be a step up, right? That's, yeah. Sell, sell. If yeah. that was going to happen... It would have happened by now. Oh, yeah. By now, after, <laughs> after 2016. 2016. We're not yeah. saying there wasn't a possibility oh, that yeah. you would have been yeah. right. We just think that if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. There is actually a level of serenity in him now. Oh yeah, that wasn't there. He's made his. I mean, remember this is a guy uh, that when we were a, a radio show, and Aaron was on vacation, so I had to learn to do his job. Steve added an extra level of difficulty by being so irate, he just walked out of the theater. So I'm just sitting there like, okay, this, this ought to be there. So we were close. As uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. once said, you are hanging on by a very thin thread, and I, I dig that, that about, about you. you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ted Nuss, uh, who needs to change his profile picture, says, now that Trump has given legitimacy to Kim Jong-un on the world stage, China will open relations with North Korea and prop up the communist dictator. I think they were already doing that. What? Yeah, I don't buy the... Uh, I'm not... Listen, I don't like uh, doing uh, fluffer duty for despots, particularly arguably the worst one on planet Earth right now. So don't. So let me just say that up front. But I don't buy this legitimacy on the world stage. I mean, this guy was getting... The last three American presidents were handing him, well, in, one, in the most previous one's case, pallets of cash. Others were just, you know, had the good sense to write a check, <laughs> right? But I mean, this was uh, this guy has been getting legitimacy in the term in the in the in, yeah. in the ultimate form of legitimacy you can get. Yeah, headlines it, and checks with zeros. Yeah, I mean, in, in this meeting was, and I've I've made that same criticism, and not trying to walk it back now, but I do recognize that Trump just came from the G7 or G8 summit, where most of the Western world, the leaders of the Western world, uh, they were uh, they were they were they basically don't think Trump is legitimate. The only difference is that Trump still has, you know, all the powers and trappings of being the president of the United States. Uh, but to say that just meeting with Kim Jong Un and saying nice things about him, everybody in the world automatically thinks that uh, Kim Jong Un is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's a little bit harder sell. So I'm gonna sell. You're selling, yeah. Todd, or are you? What are you doing? I'm, I'm selling because I just don't agree with the premise of the yeah. entire proposition. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think you already yeah. had legitimacy, and I think the Chinese were already propping him up. All right, positive basis says. Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders will be the Democratic presidential nominee in 2020. Sell. That's an easy sell. I think Aww. a white male has no chance yep. unless they have no previous political experience, number one. Um, unless Bernie Sanders comes out as a pansexual lizard yes, between now and then. Yes, then he's no longer a white man, yes. yes. Yeah, the pansexual lizard would be lit as the gadston mall yes. dude i'd yep. be in i i could go for some pansexual lizard i'm yep. down with that yep. i'm totally in elizabeth warren i i don't see the fire in the belly there i i kind of see her as the the mario cuomo of this era she gives the speech but she's not willing to do the things to get her hands dirty it'll take to win she's not cunning or ruthless enough uh the answer is the uh aforementioned cory booker Lisa Bowers says the Republicans will pass more incremental amnesty without using it as leverage to build a dadgum wall. Uh, if we had done this podcast 48 hours ago, I would say bye. But I think the worm is turning on this. This whole issue is blowing up on the Democrats right now. And when you've got Charles Grassley, who's a, who is our Iowa senator and is a very respected, revered human being as a person, okay, but is not the staunchest conservative in the room by any stretch. When he is using tactics like he's using right now to essentially expose the Democrats, when you've got John Cornyn, who's Mitch McConnell in cowboy boots, talking like Ted Cruz on Twitter, I think the Democrats have sown, so overshot their mark here. So overshot their mark. What Chuck Schumer should have done is absolutely taken the Republican compromise thrown in some amnesty amendments with the compromise up for a vote that Republicans likely would have vote, voted for and seen this as an opportunity to, to depress the Republican base. He did not. And instead, this is a politics is a high-yield, high-risk proposition. Everything in politics is. Yep, politics is not, although it, it, we used to use this as an analogy when the company's toast, it's not a general electric, uh, so I won't use GE or IBM anymore. How about Disney, Amazon? It's, it, 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 it's, it's buying, politics is buying stock in Amazon in 1999, not in 2019. You see where I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. We didn't know that Amazon was essentially going to be the mark of the beast and rule the earth by 2019. In 1998, 1999, I mean, just a few years ago, people were saying Facebook was a terrible buy. What's their stock selling for now? Tons of cash, Okay. Politics is, is, is a high-risk, high-yield issue, or high-risk, high-yield proposition. You, therefore, need to know when you have reached max value on this investment and when it's time to cut bait. Because if you don't, then it becomes the point of diminishing, the law of diminishing returns. And the reverb is a motherless goat. We reached that point. The Democrats were at max lit they had the Republicans by the short hairs here 48, 72 hours ago. They waited. They should have cashed their chips in right there. And they should have said, this is our chance to get the Republicans to give us some of what we want. And then after they pass it, we still call them racist because they didn't give us everything. 
and then they've depressed their base by betraying them. You see what I'm saying? They had the, they could have done that. Republicans so would have done that. And so why didn't they see? Because they have lived in a universe, Todd, all our lives where they're they are the only voice. The other the idea that there's credible opposition. It's the it's the gay guy running in Virginia. Hey Trump, take this, and he kisses his male yeah. lover. Yeah. When Trump was waving gay flags while praising the evangelicals yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Okay, they don't they 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 can't contemplate a universe where they might lose an argument. And so they just keep slipping on their own banana peels. They they are dropping banana peels, throwing them in tailpipes and falling for them over and over again. The hubris, the arrogance. What I hear you saying is they can't and that's why I asked the question that it did. It was a rhetorical question. They they're at the point where they can't choose to do otherwise now. I yes. mean, they are on full tilt. It's just all in because they've not they these guys have never lived in a universe where they didn't get 100 percent of what they wanted every single time and even though or, trump, or it didn't profit them to demand it one or the other and right? he, yeah and even though trump is the cautionary tale that should warn them and occasionally does people like nick Kristoff otherwise in their mind it's the reason to double down yeah on he's everything. a one-off the, there's no way yeah, they could work again yeah they do the they go in the opposite direction of what they should be going on yes they, they learn no lessons uh, if they had t- if they had cut a deal with republicans 36, I shouldn't have said 48 hours ago, 36, 48 hours ago, they could have had, they could, they could be impeaching Deutsche Bank all next year. And every financial holding Trump ever had, instead of anonymous sources, the actual flipping banknotes would be on the cover of the Washington Post this time next year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They could have done all of that. This was the moment right here where they could have pushed the Republicans to take a bad deal because they wanted a deal do some amnesty to depress their base and then go back to their base and say, we, we did the best we could, but these guys are Nazi racists who hate Hispanics. They could have had a, the whole thing. They, weren't, they wouldn't take yes for an answer. And now the reverb, they didn't know when it was time to sell. The reverb, man, is coming back. And it is a female dog, brah. That's what's happening right now. All righty. Uh, Jacob Hibbard says LeBron James leaves Cleveland and joins Kawhi Leonard in L.A. Bye. My prediction all along was L.A., and I love the Kawhi Leonard angle. I think Kawhi Leonard sending the, for those who don't know, he's the star player for the San Antonio Spurs. I think him sending the signal he wants out is sort of uh, a tip there to LeBron, let's do this. I, I That should be a buy. But here's the problem. You think it's too easy? No, Well, no, I think it's too hard. Hmm. I, I think... Th- how what are you what is Popovich and the Spurs going to get in return you can, you, that is not a franchise with uh, a lot of players that you'd want and one of them comes with a dad that you definitely don't want as trade could base. you see although he's spent more time talking politics than coaching his team in the last year right. frankly when he's focused on the game exclusively, there's never been anybody better in the history of the NBA than Greg Popovich, and he takes no BS from anybody. You want to talk about a spectator sport. As much fun as it is to watch Trump versus the left, I would pay real cash money, homie, to watch Greg Popovich and LeVar Ball. I'm in on that. That's freaking uh. pay-per-view right there. That, you're, that would be good night. Could you imagine Greg Popovich and LeVar Ball coexisting on the same franchise i can't imagine that that's what you're saying I, I, right i actually was thinking about this um I, and i was listening to them talk about it on the radio it's almost like sometimes 
before the draft, they'd they'd almost have to trade Lavar Ball. Excuse me, um, uh, Lonzo. Not La- no, I'm um, uh, the, the James the, LeBron. The, no, the, the Spurs player Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. They'd almost have to trade him to Cleveland. So then he's there with LeBron, and then have it somehow from there go to L.A. because Which I they th- could do. Kawhi's actually not a free agent until next year. He's not a free agent this summer. He has right. one more year left on his deal. Right. So he couldn't even force a sign and trade. The Spurs would have to, the Spurs hold the leverage there. So you're right. He, they could trade him, and LeBron's a free agent. He could just sign a one-year deal with Cleveland, say, I'll give you one more chance. Let's bring Kawhi right. here, and let's see if we can do this. And then after this, I'm out of here. I, could, I don't think that's far-fetched. Yeah, I could see that. All right, uh, Chad Steenhook says, conservative Christians plan to have more kids homeschool if they could and raise them up in Christ was done early enough to preserve America. So I think he's saying that there was enough people who started... Well, yeah, I think uh, he's saying that there was enough people who started homeschooling and did it the right way soon enough that this will be able to save America. Sell. I think it's... I'm going to sell. Because I, while I think that's good for the future, and obviously I think that because it's what we attempted to do with our own children, um, I, I, I still think in the end, no, no human-based methodology, even one that's inspired and devoted to the cause of the gospel— no human-based methodology is going to conserve and preserve this. I, I really believe it is supernatural revival or nothing. I do think what Chad articulates may give us more time for revival yeah. to take place, but I think that it's it's still largely a defense mechanism. That was my thinking, exactly. And this, uh, this public education as a thing, that you're turning, you, and I'm not saying that that's what this writers doing but it it you're turning hatred for it into an idol a reverse sort of idol if you believe that that it that's a terrible thing no matter what what's been done to this thing called public education is an atrocity on many levels but a fully functioning robust christian culture can exist with something that is called in as loose a definition of Public education. Yeah, that's why I don't call it. It's not uh, public education. We have government education. Yeah, 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 and you made that distinction. And the founders believed in public education. They thought it was the best antidote other than a free church to tyranny from government. And we don't have public education. And they they paid for the Bibles with taxpayer money to provide that public education. Yeah, we we have government education now. That's what we have. By and large. Not, Not like blanket everywhere. But by and large, the overwhelming model, particularly in the major urban sectors in America, yep. is government education. Yep. The posture is, is government education. Chad, uh, say hello to the goats for me. Calvin McRae says, Chris Pratt, while refreshing at the moment, will lose his luster in Hollywood and eventually go the way of McConaughey and start hawking Cadillacs. I think those are Lincolns. Um, I'm going to hold on this. Here's why. And I'm happy to take all the... I will take my scourging if you guys believe it's okay. It's required because I, I think this point merits suffering for. Well, I, I I think and I've told you guys for years. Make sure your heroes are dead guys, okay. Right. I, I also don't think the minute someone puts themselves out there and risks something for what's right. 
I don't believe it serves the cause of Christ to begin the countdown clock of, well, so when, when, when's this guy disappoint us either? Because they're going to disappoint us. That's not even a debatable point. He, he, he disappointed us a year. He got divorced a year ago. He, and he's, he's greatly disappointed by it. Yes. He, it's freaking crushed him. He thought he failed basically as a man, as a human being. Okay? You know? So there's going to be disappointments. I probably disappoint you at least three times a week. I, I don't think we should be doing countdowns for that. I don't think that's healthy. I think instead we should be encouraging Chris and praying for him to continue on the path he's on and to even go higher than what the path that he's on. You know, um, I, I don't like this game. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not going to play. Yeah, when, I, when is the last time any of you saw anybody, forget just Hollywood, anybody, go into a room as prone to disagreeing with them as a MTV youth crowd. Um, not that they would necessarily disagree in the moment. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't take all those cheers as an endorsement of the gospel either, you know? I think they were probably drunk on, um, uh, uh, you know, lemonade and cake and things like that. But go into a room that's probably, you know, probably not going to agree with your message and not only preach but preach again and preach again he didn't just like do a bunch of stuff in the last uh, 10 seconds throw something in there hey i'm out of here no he gave him an opportunity to boo him over and over and over again and he didn't he stood and he delivered when's the last time you remember anybody else doing that Specifically saying to an audience like that, yeah, you're not perfect. And by yeah, and in a way that an audience, th- this is where he's getting some criticism. Like, oh, if you think that's a gospel, he he spoke in a way that that audience yep. could understand. Yes, you know who else did that? Jesus. You yes. know who else did that? I went I went to Acts and I looked at the speech Paul gives at, Ara- at the Areopagus, Mars Hill, to the Greek philosophers. It's very similar. In fact, I didn't I didn't see a specific mention to Jesus in Paul's speech. There were generic references to God. God had a plan for salvation. God is sovereign. Meaning Paul is speaking to people who don't recognize this level of transcendence. When going to when going to a synagogue, Paul is dropping Jesus like it's hot. Why? Because they they first of all, they're Jewish. Jewish Judaism is not an ethnicity. It's not a race. It's a religion. Okay? They believed in the idea of a Messiah. That was the fulfillment of their purpose as a people. Okay? So, this, we all agree there's transcendence. We all agree the God of the Bible is the only living God. There is no God like Jehovah but Jehovah. We all agree on that. We don't have to have this generic argument about what's the purpose of life. Where did he, we, we're all here. Where's the disagreement? Where, where did, so, Paul goes right to the disagreement when he goes to the synagogues. What's the disagreement? Is Yeshua Messiah or not? That's the, otherwise, we agree on everything else. Don't lie, don't steal, don't adulterate. We agree on everything else. So, why are we arguing with the stuff we already agree on? The disagreement here is, is Yeshua Messiah? And so, that was the point of his arguments to them. Pagans, the uncircumcised, had 70,000 different philosophies. They didn't even think they were sinners. Basically bad. What essentially Paul does at Mars Hill is introduces them to the, the, 
the fundamental building blocks that challenges their own preconceived notions with the intent of planting seeds. That's exactly what I saw Chris Pratt do. And I want to add this. I serve in the arena. Not as big a one as Chris Pratt does. But I serve in a fairly large one nonetheless, larger than most of you do. It is very easy to sit there. The safety and comfort of the comment sections of your favorite theologically precise blogs. From your Facebook wall, from your Twitter mentions, and pick apart the precise theological statements, conclusions, observations of the man in the arena. You know what's much harder? Getting out from behind your keyboard and joining the man in the arena. There's 7 million ways that could have gone for Chris Pratt last the other night. And 99% of them were bad. He put himself out there. When was the last time any of you even invited somebody to church? And, I, and putting yourself out there is not Trump is Antichrist or Trump is Cheeto Jesus. That's not putting yourself out there. That's you're an, I, that's you're an idolatrous douchebag. That's what that is. No, when was the time you loved somebody enough to risk, risk relationship with them on a real level, on a meaningful level? When was the last time? Because he lives everything we know about Chris Pratt. The only reason we know Chris Pratt from Hollywood, from California, compared to Chris Pratt from Hollywood, Florida, or Jasper, Idaho, is because he's a movie star and a TV star. I wonder if you guys have paid attention to those industries, but they bow to and are largely governed by social justice warrior mobs and angry atheists, but I repeat myself. He's got a lot more to risk in this calculation than you bloggers do and Facebook commentators do. Preaching to the choir of your nine friends. That crowd could have booed him right there. Then who knows when the video goes viral. There's another guy right now, another Chris has no record of any wrong in his career at all. But a former lover says in a blog he abused her. He might have. We don't know. Talking about Chris Hardwick. He's losing his gigs at Comic-Con, his shows on AMC, his game show on NBC. He's losing his entire career right now based on one, one blog of allegations and really no attempt to defend himself. Now, it may all be true. But this is the world Chris Pratt is in, and he's 10 times the star Chris Hardwick is, maybe a 1,000 times. Come back to me with your arguments of theological precision and exactness. Come back to me. And yeah, I'm taking this one a little personal. Come back to me when you've risked one cuticle on a damn fingernail what Chris Pratt risked the other night up there. When you take your turn in the arena. When you stand up to a bunch of people God made in his image who are either estranged from him or hate him. And you tell them you're not God. You're not perfect. Someone else paid for your sins with his blood. Don't waste that.
Reach out to him. Pray. He wants to know you. One of my all-time favorite lines, I've quoted it often, the great evangelist D.L. Moody. I like my way of doing things better than your way of not doing anything. Because you know what you're doing on your Facebook wall and on your Twitter accounts with your precision? Nothing. You're doing nothing. Nothing. On the top of that list is saving souls. Nothing. If you're not getting your hands dirty like God got his hands dirty to reach out to you, you are doing nothing. Err on the side of risking too much to reach people than risking too little. There's a reason why, people, why Paul warns us when engaging sinners, be careful not to fall into sin with them. Why? Because do you know what it takes to reach the lost? You literally have what it takes that level of relationship to turn people around. You have to come into their orbit. You have to see their lives. You have to care. It's really tough, man, not to get some of that on you after a while. I can promise you, if you have perfected a way to reach out to people where you never have to risk getting any of what's on them on you, you're not reaching anybody. I can promise you that. And those of you losing it over his bathroom etiquette, enjoy your camel swallowing while straining gnats. I'm pretty confident the God that created the digestive system, who put himself in human form and had to say to his apostles probably at least once a day, hey guys, you mind if I head over to this uh, fig tree over here? I got to relieve myself. I'm sure the guy that created the God that created the sphincter muscle and told his first covenant people, I need you to remove the foreskins of your penises as an outward sign of worship to me. I'm sure he can handle the bathroom etiquette lesson. Are you freaking kidding me? Sadly, though, I know many of you aren't. And this is why you fail. We need to let that stand on its own. Wholeheartedly agree. Then we will. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Don't forget CRTV.com, promo code Dace. Subscribe, please. Write us a good review, please, on iTunes and Stitcher. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.